0: don't think about the views as the metric first think about engagement as the metric so are people commenting oh my gosh this is exactly what i needed to hear and it may only be two or three comments in the beginning and you may be like oh i'm in this 200 view purgatory or whatever right that is a story that is hindering your growth so i start with that reframe of i'm not looking for the biggest audience i'm always just looking for the right one mm. and one of the things that we can think about in terms of audience development is two things. One, understanding how the platforms work, and two, understanding how our people work.
1: Welcome to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Christensen, a brand strategist and creative director that helps service providers build high-touch brands that embody your mission, call in your dream clients, and amplify the impact you're here to make. From running a brand design studio to leading the creative team of an eight-figure startup, I've spent my entire career learning how to craft successful brands from the inside out. And now I'm here to share everything you need to know to build an in-demand brand. From strategic branding tips, to powerful mindset shifts, to conversations with guest experts, it's my intention to empower you with the most holistic resources and perspectives on branding so that you can build one that truly lasts. So let's dive in to the Embody Your Brand podcast. Welcome back to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I am here with the lovely Lennon Bone. Lennon is the CEO of Stop the Starving Artist and has done a lot of really impressive things in his career. He's been on Billboard Records. He's grown people's YouTube channels by millions organically, which is awesome. And now he helps artists find fans, get millions of views, and make upwards of six figures from their work all by building a personal brand. So you can see why I instantly gravitated towards Lennon when I met him because he shares the same love of personal branding as I do. And as we've had conversations, I was like, I need to have you on the podcast because there's so much of your experience and your expertise that I feel like my audience could really benefit from. So whether you're an artist, a creative entrepreneur, or someone that's just looking to build up and amplify your personal brand online, then this is the episode for you. So Lennon, welcome to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I am so glad you're here.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. This is honestly my honor. We met at a business conference from something that we're both involved in. And yeah, I just loved getting to talk to you. And so I was So excited to have you ask me to be on the podcast. So thanks a lot. It really does mean a ton.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to just really tap into your expertise and experience about building a personal brand online, especially through the lens of organic audience growth. Or creative entrepreneurs, or all of us who have these online businesses. And so, I think to kick things off, I'm really fascinated by your story and some of the things that you've accomplished in your career. And so, I would love for you just to give a little overview of you and how you got to where you are now and where you discovered your love of personal branding.
0: Well, I'll say that was like I was going to. Vegas and ended up in freaking New York. You know, that's just been the story of my life. You know, I have a map and I think I'm going somewhere, and then you're like, oh, how did I end up on the different side of the country? So, my story is that I was a touring musician for 10 plus years. I was very fortunate to tour over 13, 14 countries, something like that, be on television, like you said, do some Billboard Top 200 records. We played Austin City Limits, Lollapalooza, a bunch of these like Sundance Film Festival, South by Southwest, like all the big festival things. And we were very much doing the thing. But at the same time, it just wasn't quite happening. I remember there was a point where we were out on the road with this band that I had never heard of at the time. And they're called Murder by Death. And they have like this cult following. And we sat there and every night we're playing these like pretty big rooms, you know, like thousand cap rooms. And they're doing really well. And I'm just like, what are they doing that we're not doing? You know, And I remember they did a Kickstarter. At the, we were out with them for two months and they did a Kickstarter. And in that Kickstarter, they made over $400,000 to fund their record. And I was wow. like, holy shnikes, like, how does yeah. this happen? And I started to realize that there was a connection. And at the time I didn't put it together, but there was a connection that was happening between artists and the art. So it wasn't just the music anymore. It was like what were the interests of the people and how did that shape the music they were making? So fast forward, I end up leaving the group and I'm I've decided to call it because I was basically becoming a social alcoholic, you know, we were <laughs> doing it at the time but I was just like this isn't who I want to be. I felt like I was living two different lives. And so I decided to leave and at that time I started making videos on YouTube to help Musicians be better at the business side. I took a class from this guy named Tim Schmoyer and he helped YouTube write the curriculum on how they teach their own platform. So he's very tied in with them. And after I took the class, he did a call for potential strategists. And I asked my wife, should I do this? You know, she's like, I don't know. Like, what do you have to lose? And about that same time I had been writing a song with this gal named K-Flay and that song landed a commercial in Germany. That made me about $40,000, a little over $40,000. Wow. And so I felt like God was like giving me time. It wasn't even money. It was like, what are you going to do with this time? So that's where I started to think, well, maybe this is what I should do. I've got a little extra thing. Maybe I can learn something else that would be really beneficial. Like, obviously, social media has changed the landscape. It changed how we told our stories in the group and all this stuff. And so in that time, I was fortunate to see that I had these pattern recognitions from all this time on the road of that I had started to develop of connecting our stories to the art and the things. And so I worked with people from knitters to spreadsheet makers to like fish tank salesmen, like anything in the YouTube sphere and helped them grow their audience by billions of views. Like we did as a team, all organically, millions of subscribers, helped multiple of my one-on-one clients, like really make substantial increases in their revenue, some like 3Xing yeah. their monthly revenue. And it was all through this idea that I had learned some time ago and didn't even see it, which is like, oh, we're connecting ourselves and our the backstory, the thing underneath the thing, as my friend Jeff Bartsch says, to the thing that we do. You know, so like this pen isn't a pin. This pen is an extension of like my ideas and my thoughts and my passions. And so how do we like connect those to our story? And so it was really a gift. And so then I've left and started doing that specifically for artists about two years ago. We started our third year this year. And that's been the weird trajectory of bouncing all over the place and figuring out that like I had this this like sense for marketing and 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 branding that I just didn't even realize was a thing until somebody taught me how to tap into it and and teach it.
1: Right. And seeing those results, like when you say millions and billions, my jaw drops. Holy cow. How? Crazy, Why? Yeah. And it sounds like it really is from developing and promoting the personal brand. The whole marketing landscape has changed, like you said, with social media being there and years ago, not many people had a platform. And now yeah. anyone can have a platform at the snap of a finger thanks to social media, thanks to the internet. It's incredible. And when it comes to audience growth is something that every entrepreneur, I think, craves to a degree. We want people to see us. We want to be heard. We want to be validated, especially the artists that you work with. You want to promote your art. You know, Like you said, it's an extension of who we are and what we're here to offer. But I think that there can be some misconceptions around audience growth right? We get caught up yeah. in those numbers. We get, ooh, shiny object syndrome. When I think even just through thinking about the landscape of paid ads online through yeah. social media versus organic growth, I would be curious to hear your perspective on what are some of the benefits of growing our audience organically?
0: Yeah, there's nothing but benefits. That's how I see It's is- When you grow your audience organically, you learn to tap into the things that they will resonate with the most. It's a playground and you get to do it for free. So that's the biggest benefit. And you're right. Like there's a lot of, well, I want these amount of numbers and these things. And so what I teach with our clients is don't think about the views as the metric first. Think about engagement as the metric. So are people commenting? oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And it may only be two or three comments in the beginning. And you may be like, oh, I'm in this 200 view purgatory or whatever, right? That is a story that is hindering your growth. you know. Mm -hmm. And one of the benefits of being on the road so many years was that we would spend hundreds of dollars on gas every day to go and play to 10 to 15 people every night. And when people say to me, well, I'm in 200 view purgatory on TikTok. I'm like, what I wouldn't have given to get in front of 200 people every day when we were on the road, that's a gift. And this this doesn't matter if you're a musician, you're an artist, like this is just people, right? So I start with that reframe of, I'm not looking for the biggest audience. I'm always just looking for the right one. Mm. And one of the things that we can think about in terms of audience development is two things. One, understanding how the platforms work and two, understanding how our people work. So if we start with the platforms, simply put, the platforms do not exist to promote content. They exist to get people to stay on the platform. Yeah. So we have to think of it, if I am talking to someone specific, and that content gets in front of someone specific, like the right person, they will stop and watch it. And the more that they stop and watch it, the more benefit the platform gets, because people are staying on the platform. So rather than thinking like, okay, how do I get mass views? I like to think like, how do I get the right views? Cause I can always start there. And it's really fascinating because I've had to ditch and start my own personal brand from scratch again in the yeah. last two years. And that was very intimidating. Cause I was like, how can I back this up? And what I've seen over and over is that when I just focus on my people, I find my people. Because the algorithm will do the work for you because it's not there to do anything but get the people to stay. So it's going to find where your stuff belongs if you know who you're talking to. So that brings us to the next point, which is like, who is your person? And we do have to identify that. And so the good thing about most entrepreneurs is they know their avatar, right? So if your audience is more like they're in that entrepreneurial world, they know that And I think of it now as two levels. So you have your entrepreneurial story or the story of your product or your thing. That's one circle. And then the other circle is you. So what do you believe in as a person? What do you stand for? What do you fight against? And in the middle of those two things is the Venn diagram where it's like you have your product story, your business story, and your personal story. And where those two things overlap is where the magic happens because somebody goes, oh, they're different. And the reason that you're different is because you're instead of revolving just a value proposition, for instance, you're revolving around a a belief system because the strongest communities don't form around common interests, but common beliefs. So Mm -hmm. this is something that Patrick Hanlon says. And I love that as a statement because it's like, what do I believe in that aligns with what I'm trying to do in my business and as a human being? And when those two things overlap. You can start to really play with what your personal brand could look like and how you could branch out your content strategy to reach people in a way that's so much more fun and exciting and just way more opportunities for the organic growth, as you said. I don't know if that all connects, but hopefully. Yes,
1: it does. When you mentioned the Venn diagram um, visualization, I instantly just lit up with this big smile because this is something I tell my clients too, through the sense of as we're building a personal brand, it's not just about us right? We are the, like, the vehicle to deliver the support for the people. So they have to be included in there somewhere. So when I do this work with my clients, I also have a Venn diagram example with one circle being you and one circle being your ideal client. And mm-hmm. you. the overlap part is the shared interests shared beliefs as you said shared desires what matters to them because if you're building a personal brand the other person needs to care right not everyone especially if they're newer to you because you need to warm them up and build that know like and trust yeah so if you're going on and sharing something that is completely irrelevant to them even though it's still part of you like that's where as entrepreneurs we have to think a little bit more strategically about building a personal brand it's not just about being an influencer right? But what we want to grow our audience and we want to make more sales. So if you find that that overlap part, I call the connection point. If you find that connection point between you and your ideal client and focus your content on that, it is a game changer. So I just wanted to say, love, love that. That's an easy exercise for any listener to do. Like Lennon said, too, you can even do that through the lens of you and your business. Because when you have that alignment there, too, you are going to be so much better at preventing burnout. You're going to feel more fulfilled, you're going to feel connected to what you do. And whether you identify as creative or not, being a business owner is creative in a sense. You are creating solutions to problems. So, we all have yeah. that skill and that that capacity too. So, yeah, I love where this conversation is going. I would say when it comes to this organic growth, How closely do you think it's tied to our personal brand versus our business, our offers in our content? Like, where do you think people follow us because of our personal brands or because of what we can offer them or both? (laughs) Does this make sense?
0: No, it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is, I think it is all of the above, right? It can be one or it could be the other, or it could be both, right? Because we see it work on all fronts. Some people just do, let's say, how to or whatever, you know, um, and then someone else maybe just is an influencer, right? And I think what we're talking about is this point where you're saying, like, I'm not trying to be an influencer, but I am trying to have influence. If I want them to allow me to help them solve a problem, then I need to have influence in some way. And right. so there is like a tightrope that we're walking. And so, you know, if we broke this down into, let's say you do video production, right? Mm -hmm. And that's your business. And you're like, okay, I I help people create beautiful video for their company. And you'd be like, okay. So then you have to ask yourself, why do you do that? What is beneath that? Well, I want everybody to, to be seen for who they actually are in the world. And I want them to be able to put their best foot forward. Okay. So that's like the business value proposition, right? We want to allow you to be seen for who you are and put your best foot forward in a professional manner, right? So that's how we do that in the video world. Then you can say in your personal brand, what does that look like in your everyday life? How are you helping people be seen or what do you see people do in your everyday life? How do you try to show up? You know, So I love this idea of, I have a couple people like my old boss and and I'm in this camp too, where I see so many parallels in how a business runs and how our family runs. Mm. Like the way we run our families, the way we lead our spouses and our children. You know, you are out to have a meeting and keep people in alignment or else you lose communication. So there's so many parallels to how we run our business. And that's personal brand because that has nothing to do with what I do, but that's personal. That's me. But I'm tying it back to the belief of, I want you to be seen as your best. I want you to have your best foot forward. How does that play out? I'm thinking of... How do we grow and what are people following us for? I think when we walk that tightrope, people start to follow us for a little bit of both where it's like, oh, I would have never thought of how that carries over in Mm -hmm. this way. That's really cool. And then when they don't need your service anymore, you're still getting in front of them in this cool way because they're in alignment with you in their everyday life as well. And that causes this, oh, you're front of mind all the time now. So that's Mm -hmm. how I, I put this into perspective from like a follower, this is how we engage standpoint.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that too. And I think about the people that I love to follow and what helps them stay top of mind for me. And a lot of that is them sharing their perspective through stories usually right like and time and time again i think it's so awesome that the dialogue of stories being really important and such a great selling tool for us in communicating our perspective into our brands do you have experience specifically on that or like how we can better share these unique perspectives that we have more effectively online
0: yeah absolutely so i can run you through an exercise that if you're in this place where you're like okay uh, i want to share a personal anecdote maybe that maybe leads someone back to my business because we have to start with a goal in mind like what do we want this piece of content or this thing that we're making to do and i do think that's something we neglect a lot of times Uh, and you and i that's something we're constantly doing is like thinking about what is the message we're trying to get out there what do we want people to do with us how do we want to serve people and we have to always come with that at play. If you're open to it, let's do a little role play. Let's and do you can it. Kind let's of be do it. The client and then yep. I'll try to walk you through it. Yeah, okay. let's do it. So tell me what you do, like what your business is, and what you want this piece of content to do.
1: Right. Do you want me to be me or make up doesn't a an yeah. example? I guess it's just easiest to be me. So yeah. yes, I am a personal brand strategist and creative director. And let's use Instagram as an example. So for Instagram, I would love this piece of content to drive someone to sign up for my email list.
0: So you want people to sign up to the email list. Fantastic. So what does your email list offer them that you that is of value?
1: Right. I mean, email is a really interesting platform if you think about it compared to Instagram or TikTok because it can be longer form content and people go to email when they're like, looking to read something instead of just scrolling and something catching your attention, right? So I like to use email more to nurture and provide value. And of course, promote when there's something that I feel like would be a benefit to my audience there.
0: Love it. Okay. So then the next question becomes, and we're going to use a a, a a specific like story framework. So this is called the and, but therefore framework. Mm-hmm. So there are I think four blanks. If I say that wrong, forgive me, but we'll get through it. So you have the character wants and why do they want it? Okay. So for you, what I'm hearing is you want to see email as something that is a nurturing option, right? Okay. So the want is see email as more nurturing. Why do you think that's important?
1: Relevancy to stay top of mind so that you know when, and this is for everyone too listening, get on email because it's just a way for you to stay top of mind and keep your leads warm. So when it comes time to promote, you have an audience of ready to buy people.
0: Love it. What gets in the way? So we have, and but is the next thing. So, but there's a problem. What's the problem? that we usually see get in the way for people when it comes to getting their email list going.
1: The biggest one I've seen for myself and my clients is sitting down to write and then getting that writer's block, right? Not knowing what to say and maybe not wanting to force a message just to put it out there, but really provide something of value. All okay. I'm so excited to see where this goes.
0: Okay. Now. <laughs> For the sake of time, they state it how I would maybe say it.
1: Right? right, right.
0: So we have the character wants something, which is to see email as more nurturing. But you're saying this in a way that allows your audience to see themselves. You know, so that that's the goal is you're saying this so they mm-hmm. see themselves in this statement. So why do they want it? They want it so they can stay top of mind. This is a way to give your audience an opportunity to really want to buy in to who you are, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem is they wanna sit down and write, but they get writer's block, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so here's how I would say this. I really wanna see more entrepreneurs focus on email nurturing this year, and here's why. Because when you do this, you stay top of mind, it's gonna give you a way to get your audience ready to purchase from you. But there is a problem, which is that when you sit down to write, you get that writer's block, you get that blank cursor, And you don't wanna just force a message out because your people mean more to you than that, right? You really want something to be valuable. So therefore, I've been testing something that I would love for you guys to check out yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I am offering you all to come and look at my own email. And I know this is a little meta, but when you do, (laughs) you're gonna see an opportunity of how I'm sharing stories, my thoughts, tips on branding, podcast episodes, things like that. And this is a way for you to come in and see how I, as a personal brand strategist, am building that connection with you all. And you can even feel free to take the things I'm doing and copy them for yourself. So you can sign up. The link is in the description. And I hope to see you in there. If you have any questions, let me know.
1: Mic drop. Mic drop. And it didn't really take that long to come up. And I love the like Mad Libs style approach to it, like the fill in the blanks approach. So I'm going to put this in the show notes. Very, very cool and such a great way to illustrate to the listeners. This is the first time I've ever done like a live workshopping thing on the podcast, but it's fine. Yeah. Anyone listening, you could do this for any sort of story. And the thing I love the most about this is tying it to us because we should be leading by example in our businesses, whether we are a coach or a creative entrepreneur, an artist, whatever. This is what builds the most authority. And honestly, a lot of credibility too in our industry is when we are able to lead by example. So I love that this gives such yeah. an easy way to do that and communicate that. It's like a no-brainer, removing the pressure. Because I think that's another thing too when it comes to creating content. And I would be curious to hear your thoughts on this is sometimes as entrepreneurs, especially when there's this goal attached to what we're putting out, right? We put this pressure on ourselves to hit those goals or to make sure that the CTA is compelling enough so that people not only consume the content, but then go and do what we want them to do, whether it is sign up for an email list or purchase something that we have to offer. Have you ever felt that pressure before or any of your clients? And do you have, you're like laughing at me. You're like, what a silly question. Yeah. But talk through some of your experiences with that and ways that either you've overcome that or you've helped coach people through that.
0: Yeah. So we talk a lot in the community and it's funny because this has come up in, in our mastermind recently Mm -hmm. too, but we talk a lot about the gap in the game. Yeah. So the idea behind the gap in the game, to explain it, pretend that you're at the mall and there's a, a the map and it says you are here and there's like an X, right? Yeah. And you know that you want to get to the food court and you see that X and maybe it's like north, the northeast part of the mall or whatever. And you're like, well, if I would have just went in the north entrance, like I'd be there already. This <laughs> is how we operate under our businesses. Well, if I would have just done that, and then what happens when we're then making our trek to the food court is we're like pissy and annoyed and maybe hangry and whatever, right? <laughs> but living in the game is like, well, I see this X marks the spot. And now we have no choice but to look at where the X was. Where did we park the car? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Like, and it's, we came so far from the car to where we are now. And when we operate from that place, it's, man, look at what I've done. You know, and so that perspective shift has been everything for me personally. And what I heard a few of my mentors say, and and this has really stuck with me is that we are only responsible for showing up and doing the task, not the results itself. yes, and that's what living in the game really means to me is are we showing up and just doing the thing and then reiterating on that? And so, That's something that I would highly suggest this for anybody. And this is why I'm such a big proponent of community is because these are things that are really hard for us to call out on ourselves. You don't have to have it, but it is going to exponentially increase your likelihood of noticing these things. If you have a community around you that is showing you where you're using your language in a gap sort of way, or where you're like saying things that maybe aren't serving you, where you're focusing too much on the numbers, when you should just be focusing on the task. So in our community, we have very high things. One of our core values is we say, you are never behind. You are only slower or faster than you were before, period. And so I I just love that mentality. And so we do everything we can to keep ourselves in check on that. And so if I catch people, I'm like, you're not behind. You know That's a fallacy. That's a story we're telling ourselves. And our brain does that to slow us down. And so- that was really helpful. And then the other side of it is just seeing the potential of what it is, even at a small level. So currently you mentioned this like idea of paid ads. So I'm doing paid ads for the first time in a year and a half. Cause I got bit real bad where I spent like 10 grand, made no sales. And these guys like, didn't tell me my messaging sucked and blah, blah, blah.
1: Did you work through an agency? Yes. An agency? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Would never do that again. Now that I know a little more, but at any rate, it was very frustrating and it scared me a lot. I was like, holy crap. And so right now I've been having to have these conversations with myself to say, all right, the ads are working. They aren't at the scale that I want them to be yet, but they are working. So let's keep that gain in mind. And that can be really challenging because growth can be slow, but we got to honor that time frame is not in our control. You know, only the actual showing up and doing of the thing.
1: Oh, I have chills when you say that. Because that is absolutely true, especially if we are in this for the long haul, which I know everyone listening is, you desire to make an impact in your sphere, in your community and really serve and help and of course money's great, probably yeah. why we got into business in the first place. But removing that pressure to have everything figured out right away is so key. I also wanted to bring up too, when you were talking through the words that we say, whether it's to ourselves or to others, like when we're in that place of pressure and when we were in that place of, like this has got to work. This people feel that energy. It's intangible, but that comes across in your content, and that's a lot of what I've been seeing too. And I've experienced this myself in my own content in not showing up in our power, in our authority, and in, in our true energy of service and of confidence, because that's something that can be felt. And so, I guess in terms of our content, and you know, mindset is a big part of that. Are there any other hurdles that you've seen when it comes to the pressure of needing it to be perfect, to be right, especially when we have that growth mindset or that goal of we want to grow our audience? I know there there was a piece of content that you had put out maybe a month or so ago that was about this fear of promotion that I think is something that we all feel. Maybe you could speak to that more.
0: Yeah. The fear of self-promotion is like one of those weird things because probably three years ago, I read a book that a lot of people probably have heard of called The Big Leap by Gay Hendrix, And he, he talks about, like you mentioned, stepping into our power and feeling like we're doing what we're aligned with. And one of the big things that came up for me in terms of self-promotion was this feeling twofold. One, that I was leaving people behind. And that was really interesting, right? And that story for me personally, and and I'm saying this to ask you as a listener to tap into what is the story underneath that. So for me, I remember my gram, who was like my second mom and she was passing away and I was there with my uncle. So my mom had unfortunately already passed. And so here I am with like my second mom and she's passing and my uncle and I were there and we had never gotten an opportunity to really be close, but he's kind of asking me at that time, I was doing more just drumming stuff and he goes, do you mind me asking like how you do financially?" And I said, well, I' probably make forty thousand a year or something like that on playing drums, and he's like, "Wow, which you know that's not like a big income, but for a musician who's just like freelancing and doing stuff, it was at that time all I really needed, and he's like, "I never made more than twenty five thousand dollars, and I worked forty to sixty hours a week every week, and I just felt for him. He wasn't saying that to put me down or it was he was really impressed I was like but one of those moments where I was, I just felt this feeling like these people in my life have worked so hard. And so if I do this thing and it goes better than them, am I leaving them behind? That was one of the big fears. And then the other one came down to really being noticed by my peers now. So I'm leaving behind my family. But then I have these peers that have gone on to do really cool things, sing backup for Roger Waters or play with Beck or do all these things. You're just like, holy shit, these people are cool. I always wanted to be cool. And now I'm doing this thing that most people would not consider cool. (laughs) But I had this fear, like, what if I get to a certain place where I am visible and they see me in this role and they look down on like where I'm at? So it wasn't even so much about whether I would look slimy selling. It was just like, what are th- these other people that I respect yeah. going to say? So we had this moment at, at this event that actually you and I were at where mm-hmm. we did a whole meditation. You know, I'm sure you remember this, where we were visualizing our fear and we had to walk through it. Yes. And so the, the the long story short is that I walked through my fear, which was visualized as this like dark cloud. Mm -hmm. And they asked, what do you see on the other side? And on the other side, I expected to be like, I'm going to see a rainbow. And I'm going to like see all the like cool shit that I get, you know? (laughs) And what I saw was I looked back and I saw me in the living room that of the house we're in now with my wife and my kids at the end of a normal day where I was terrified of, making enough money. Mm -hmm. And I was with my family, but I was not present. And I was not present because of the fear of showing up. And I just started bawling. I was just like, oh my gosh, look at what this is costing me. Look what this fear is freaking doing to my everyday life. The one thing that is like the most important thing, look what it's doing. And so since that moment I've had such a different relationship because I that I needed that it was like I needed to see visually what the actual cost was because it was no longer just oh what if my friends do this it's look what it's doing to the closest people in your life like to you and so that was a big moment for me so all that to say I don't know that we ever overcome fear of promotion but it starts with understanding What it does for you literally does for you because a lot of people say, well, I know that I'm going to do this for my clients and I want to see this and this. No, that's great. We know that we need to know that too, but you have to know what it does for you. For me, it says I get to have a life where when my kid gets COVID, I can just go upstairs and lay with her and be there. Like that's the life I want. And so that's the important thing. But if I'm living in this fear, that's the cost. Sorry, honey, I got to work. You know, it's like, what the hell did I might as well have a regular? What's the point?
1: I know we did not become entrepreneurs for that. I'm pretty sure everyone. No, we want the freedom to be able to do what we want with our time, with our talents. Right.
0: And if you don't think about it early, you'll get caught up in a game that is, that, that gets you locked into things that you're not ready for. And I was fortunate in that my old boss got in one of those positions and I saw what it did to like him and even the business and the way that he was running it. He, he kind of gave up all his favorite things to make sure we all felt good, you know, as employees, which bless him for that. but yeah, you saw him shift. He's like, this isn't fun for me anymore. And so that it's just interesting. So I don't know if that helps at all, but it's like such a, a thing to just ask yourself, what is the benefit and what's the cost? And not just in the future, but right now, you know, both things are important.
1: I love this so much. And on the line of what is this doing for me, going out there and growing my audience through organic content, I would take that a step further too. And what is this doing for you personal development wise? Are you building up your confidence? These are skills that we need as CEOs and founders. And so just the fact of things like consistently sharing our message. We're going to be fine-tuning our own voice, or better yet, tapping into that voice if we don't know what to say, right? Going back to that writer's block problem we talked about earlier. But it really is, on a personal level, doing so much for us when we show up and put content out there. So I think to wrap this conversation up and put like a nice shiny bow on it, for those of the people listening that are wanting to be more consistent online, grow their audience organically, could you maybe give us, let's say, a tip for the entrepreneur who is maybe just starting out or feels like they're stuck in their growth and Mm -hmm. is ready to take to the next level and someone who already has an established presence, is putting content out there, but feeling like they're ready to elevate does that make sense? Maybe like more of, so if you're just starting out, what's something yeah. that we should focus on and then people that are more established with something that we should focus on there.
0: Yeah. They might be the same. They, and I they think could,
1: that would be great.
0: <laughs> yeah, It might actually be the same advice that I would give somebody, which is if you're just getting started and you're having trouble growing, you're likely not thinking so much about what your unique factor is. What is the thing that people are going to connect with, with you on? And I would say the same thing to someone who's more established where it's what, like you, if you're more established, you likely know front and back what your business does that is really there. But are you paying attention to those connectors? It's kind of the same for both sides. One thing that my coach used to say to me, and now I pass this out to everybody, which is how do I make this fun and easy? Yeah. And that is maybe the most powerful and most frustrating effing statement there is. Because somebody's listening, like I can listen to this now and go, Ooh, that sounds exciting. Mm -hmm. But there was a time where I literally told my coach, what do you mean fun and eat, like I'm building a business. Like this isn't easy. This isn't, you know, I'm like (laughs) choked up mad, you know, Yeah. and it's because I wasn't allowing myself to be seen as the differentiator that my passion and my understanding have way more pull than just a product or a thing. And so looking at those things, now there's very practical tips that you could use all the way down to what we look at from a practical standpoint, is I would encourage you to say, what's fun and easy, go make content about that for a month, be very specific about it, make sure you're keeping in all those things that are, especially if you're established, that are keeping your business going, but also add in these other things. And then go and look, look at the data, and say which ones of these performed best. So in that month, you're not even thinking about performance for each post. You're just, Mm -hmm. I'm just collecting data. Like Give yourself that freedom. Collect that data and then look and say, what are the top 10% of posts that perform from um, a connection standpoint? And go back and next month, refine those messages and try to do those a little better. Use a story structure. How can you bring in more of the things that your people need to connect? But at first, you just got to be ready to be to play and be loose and experiment and refine as you go versus we get caught up in this. And especially as you're established, I'm sure you feel more pressure. Like if I don't do it right, it's going to fall away. Well, then keep the things that are going well. Don't try to change those, but have room for play, have room for experimentation. And I can tell you over and over again that when I saw our clients do this, at, even at the current. Job and at video creators, I remember one client coming to me and he goes, We had this thing where every video we would do X, Y, and Z and we had this consistent revenue. And I was like, Okay, well, what I'd like for you to do is bring a little more of your personality into it. I'd like for you to talk about the things that get you revved up. And I don't necessarily need you to sell every time and let's just see what happens. And they got real specific about that and they tripled their revenue in the next like three or four months. And it was because they just said, okay, I'm willing to try. And they didn't let go of the things that worked, but they added on these other things and they saw that it actually performed better. So it's really interesting to see what happens. And it's gonna be different for everybody. You and I are both learning this constantly too. Yeah. It's, I can take a framework from someone else and it ain't gonna matter. It ain't gonna work for me. And, and we just have to be okay with that. So that's why I love experimentation because you get to make your own frameworks.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like I could just chat your ear off on this. But it sounds. I love like it. It's so great. fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is so fun. Well, and this is for me. Part of making content fun is I get yeah. to have conversations with people that I feel elevate me and my perspective, and also build relationships with people. Whether you have an Instagram account, a podcast, a YouTube channel, a TikTok, whatever, you can collaborate with other people if that's something that makes content creation more fun and light and easy for you like there, there's opportunities out there. And that's one of the most beautiful things about having a personal brand is that's that's what connects you to these other people. Yeah. And as you're growing and evolving in business, people will grow and evolve with you just because of who you are. And I know some people roll their eyes at that and they're like, oh, that sounds nice, you know, but it's true. It really yeah. is true.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to first like just to put a pin in that there's a thing with That I think at least for my people and sometimes like we just have this heavy feeling around social media and the words like content creation. And so I just want to honor that. And so sometimes it's better to just change the language. Like, all right, screw it. I don't make content anymore. I make connection pieces. I start conversations, you know, like what can you do in your language to reframe it? So you're telling yourself a different story because you may feel like what you see other people do that you don't like Is quote unquote content. So then create your own story, create your own narrative, set your own parameters that say, I can live in my own standard. I don't have to be over here doing the poking joke all the time. I can do something that I enjoy and that's fine. So no shade to the poking joke people, but you get what I'm having. (laughs)
1: No shade. And honestly, (laughs) I'm going to stop calling it content. No, I mean, it is, but I think, like you said too, that there can be, I think that's maybe where that pressure creates things. So you think about yeah. to sell, I have to have, you know, this and this and this, and then you lose sight of why you're creating in the first place. That's right. And it's That's to connect. absolutely right. It is to connect. Yep. So thank you. So thank can... you so much for sharing.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Such a, so fun. All of our
1: conversations are such a breath of fresh air. So I'm so excited to have this on the podcast for other people to listen to. Yeah. So yes, please share where others can connect with you.
0: Yeah, so stopthestarvingartist.com is our website, and so if you're a creative and you're interested in content creation, specifically around personal branding for selling your art for the purpose of that, then that's what we do. And so you can go there. You can also email me Lennon at stopthestarvingartist.com and just say, hey, I heard you on Jesse's podcast, and I'll give you a free month in our community for checking it out. Yeah, well, thank we you. Just, Yeah, we just want to help people out and. I have no, just to your point, I, I have no false narrative in my brain that like, I'm the only option out there. But I do think that we approach things from a different perspective. And I that's why I align with people like yourself. And, you know, it's just, as you said, a breath of fresh air to be around people like you, and that are very like, serious about how do we actually help somebody? How are we actually doing this from a place of service and not just like, getting a bunch of views. And so that's our priority. Yeah, views are important, but the right views come from the right connection. And so that's where where you can find us to help you do that.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Lennon. I'm just vouching for him. If anyone is interested in that, please go reach out and connect with him. And this is just a small snippet into the amazing things that he shares online, on his YouTube channel, on his Instagram and other platforms. So everything will be linked in the show notes. Lennon, thank you again so much for being on the Embody Brand podcast. And I just cannot wait to see and consume more of your content and your connection pieces. (laughs) Yeah, ditto. Okay, we'll take care. We'll chat soon. That concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for being here, following along, and supporting the podcast. If you found this episode insightful or helpful in any way, I would absolutely love it if you gave this podcast a five-star rating and review. I know I say this time and time again, but it really helps me get the podcast out there to those that need it most. So if you could take just two seconds to do that right now, I would really appreciate it. With that said, thank you so much again for being here and I will see you in next week's episode. Take care.